Yo, what's going on, y'all? It's your boy So So. In case you ain't know so, and welcome back to another dope episode of Sports with So So. Coming to you live, y'all. This week, the Dolphins lose another big game up in Philly. The Canes get an exciting overtime win against Clemson. Panthers go one and one to start their homestand, and the Heat season is getting ready to tip off this Wednesday. It's time to take a ride, y'all. Let's go. sir yes sir we are back what up back. boy it's good to see you so it's good to see everybody i i heard the uh the episode last week it was it was great i'm not gonna lie it was a quickie it was a quickie you know what bro, i'm saying but, some, but honestly for the, like that <laughs> for the week that i had last week bro i kind of needed that dog just give me the bullet points you know what i mean and like you you did that you did that right there and that's exactly what I needed to keep it moving last week in a busy week. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. And you know, uh, for everybody who probably doesn't know, but you and I, we pretty much text every day, just keeping each other in the loop and shit. And uh, um, there was a lot going on last week, you know what I'm saying, leading up into the weekend. And we're happy that we got are able to get together today to bring it to you guys, man. Uh, first and foremost, got to shout everybody out for subscribing to the YouTube channel. We are doing great there. We appreciate your support. Shout out to everybody who's loving the OnlyFans sticker. You guys got to keep supporting us. Keep hitting that subscribe button. Make sure you're hitting that like button, dropping comments on our videos because we're going to keep bringing them to you and bringing that fire. All right. Now, we got a hell of a weekend to recap. We got to start with the biggest story of the weekend, and that is the Dolphins' 31-17 to loss on Sunday Night Football to the Philadelphia Eagles up in Philadelphia. And, uh, bro, I don't know for you, but for me, it was a, it was a frustrating game because we were completely in it. And, 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 and I think the way that the game progressed, right, and we, we spoke a little bit about it on OnlyFans, but, you know, it, it felt like we were in the big game until we were out of it. And then, like, once it was, like, four or six minutes left in the game, Philly got a first down. It felt like, man, I don't know. Like, everything was just taken away from us, and I knew what was going to happen. It was going to be an onslaught of are the Dolphins pretenders? Why can't they beat big teams? Why can't they do this on the road? I don't know, bro. That shit was a very frustrating loss, man. We, we needed it. That's why it's so frustrating because, you know, the only team we have beaten that really, you know, is a contender is the Buffalo Bills. And they basically steamrolled us when we went up to Buffalo to play them. You know, yeah. um, we got away from our game script, played a different style of football than we've seen. And, you know, it wasn't the result that we wanted. So here we are. We have a chance to redeem ourselves in Philadelphia on the road again against literally a Super Bowl contender. And uh, we competed, you know, for the most part, we competed. Um, we got to start off by we got to start off by noting, you know, this was a game where we were missing a few key components. I didn't know this, you know, when the game started, I found out that Xavier Howard wasn't playing, which was yeah. that was something that was very concerning to me because we already, you know, have Cater Kohu that's on the opposite side and there's question marks around him. And so these guys have a good wide receiver group, you know, between uh, A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, and, and Dallas Goddard. And, and we saw they, they pretty much had their way with our secondary. You know, so there were concerns there. And then the other concern was, you know, with, with missing two offensive linemen, starting offensive linemen, um, you know, what were we going to see from this, you know, group against a, a, a very stout, you know, front four, front seven from, from the Eagles. And we saw two getting, you know, pressured a lot more. There was a lot more miscommunication, a, a lot more, uh, you know, penalties. And we're, we're accustomed to seeing you know, delay of games, false starts, holdings, 
you know, things that, that literally just kept taking momentum away from us anytime we tried to build it. And then you add on top of that, the fact that the referees clearly had, Terrible. you know, all their money Terrible. into the Eagles money line. I mean, it's a recipe for disaster for the Dolphins. But I think that like the main thing that we, that for me was, was a big, you know, takeaway point was the running game. I don't know if we abandoned it. I don't know if it was ineffective because you mentioned it. The Eagles have a great defensive line and, and they were creating a lot of pushback. And then once Isaiah Wynn went down in the first quarter, like it felt like everything that the offensive line had built up went away. And they had lost all their mojo, all their confidence, everything. Because then like Eichenberg started like playing like shit, weird snaps, uh, you know, bad timing, really couldn't block anybody. Same thing with Cotton, who was replacing Win. He had two penalties as soon as he came in the game. And, and, and it was weird, man, because for, for the number one rushing offense to have negative rushing yards in the first half was something that nobody expected. Did we expect that to be a battle? Of course, but we expect it to be at least on the positive side, right? And I think that 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 X factor that Philadelphia was able to take away from us really fucking killed us, dog. And it, and it killed any type of momentum we had in the game because I just felt like we really couldn't get the offense going after that. And then you mentioned it, you know, we played a lot of stupid games and we won a lot of stupid prizes when it came to the penalties, dog. You know what I mean? Because we buried ourselves on multiple drives, especially on offense where we got something going, we're moving along, we're getting two, three first downs, and then boom, penalty, and then boom, another penalty. And then we go from having a third and one, third and three situation, to now we're facing a third and nine, third and 15, third and 12. And for any NFL team, not just for our Dolphins, for any NFL team, when you put them in a third and long, it's hard. It's hard to convert those down after down after down. You know what I mean? And we saw that they converted a couple. Yeah. It wasn't enough. Yeah, backed up in your own territory. You know, it's 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 hard. And, and the thing was, you know, the Eagles played a great all-around game. You know, aside from the referees being on their side, offensively and defensively, they were sound. You know, for us, our defense – we know there's gaps. We know there's question marks in that defense. You know, we're, we're hoping that Jalen Ramsey can come back soon uh, and, and, and you know, prove that he was worth going out and acquiring him. Uh, Xavier Howard, you know, we know what he can do when he's healthy. Javon Holland, there was a scary moment where he collided with another player. And, with David uh, Long. Yeah, with David Long, um, the backup outside linebacker, I think. And He's uh, been starting, actually, and playing well. And now both of those guys are in the concussion protocol for the for the next game Jav- against the Patriots. Javon Holland ended up, you know, finishing out the rest of the game. He ended up playing, but but mm-hmm. uh, Long did not. So, you know, we're, we're getting more and more banged up here. A guy that we've been praising, Van Ginkle, you know, kind of an underwhelming game for him. Um, yeah. We did we did have sacks. You know, we did get to Jalen Hurts a couple times, um, but still it wasn't enough. And then aside from that fluky pick six that we had, you know, that really that that was big for us. Don't get me wrong. It was a huge moment, you know, playing in that moment. But aside from that, the defense didn't really have anything to show for. I mean, the, the Eagles no. did whatever they wanted. No, the one the one player who who you can say undoubtedly showed up on the defense was Chubb. Right. I think he ended up with seven tackles, six solo. He had two sacks. He played great. One tackle, four loss. Like, he played great, you know? And everybody wanted to see Chubb do more this year. He's doing a lot more this year, right? Uh, Wilkins had an okay game by his standards, but we didn't see him creating any pressure. We didn't see Zeller creating any type of pressure. And even when we did get to Hurts, that's the shit that kills me too, man. Like, we got to get better at bringing these QBs down. Because, yeah, the, the good teams that we face, the playoff teams that we're going to face moving forward, they're going to have elusive quarterbacks. They're going to have good quarterbacks, guys who are tough to bring down. 
we have to be the ones doing the better job of tackling and all that shit because it looks sloppy, man. It looks sloppy yesterday and, and on Sunday, and, and I didn't like it. Honestly, I and didn't that, like it. I, didn't I like mean, there's, there's nothing – there's not, not a lot to like there, you know. I mean, the fact that our defense is suspect like that, you know, it, we know that we're heavily relying on our offense, you know, and, and, yeah. and also, you know, looking that way, we didn't really produce much aside from that, that big bang-bang play to Tyreek Hill that ended up in a touchdown – which was beautiful, beautiful play. You know, that's what the Dolphins, you know, what we expect to, from this unit, this Dolphins team. But aside from that, you know, we had another missed opportunity for Tyreek. You know, we can't put everything on him, but at the same time, you're that guy, pal. We you're need you guy. to catch that ball. That's a big, you know, play right there that if he catches that, walks it into the end zone, might be a different outcome, maybe, potentially. Um, so, you know, that that kind of killed the momentum there. But the sure. fact that our offense wasn't, you know, at a high level against this, this Eagles defense is, is a little bit concerning. It's super concerning, especially heading into marquee matchups, right? Because like I said earlier, like, it's okay if you play like this against the Giants, the Patriots, the bad teams. You can do that against bad teams and still come out on top, right? The NFL is, is built that way. But you're not going to be able to do that against those teams that we have to beat, we want to beat, we should be beating, right? Because, yeah, the Eagles played, played good. They didn't play great, right? They didn't do anything spectacular. We shot ourselves a lot in the foot with the penalties, uh, we really killed ourselves. Even when we made third down stops, they weren't good third down stops because we no. didn't make the, the tackle or make the point of, of of contact and the guy will get two, three yards every time. Instead of being fourth and three, fourth and four, Philly had fourth and one, fourth and inches. And guess what? They're going to use that brotherly push shit to get the first down every single time. They were four for four on fourth downs on Sunday and that was the game. You know what I mean? Yep. It really was the game. Yep. Now we yeah, got to figure out what to do. No, we got we got to bounce. We got to figure shit out defensively. We got to figure out that O line. Those are the you know the two biggest question marks right now. Um, and and it's concerning because of the fact that you know the Eagles have one loss on their record this year. You know who they lost yeah. to? So who they lose to, brother? They lost to the New York Jets. Yeah, our division. In a tough rival. game. In a tough the, game. The uh, the Buffalo Bills, who are our other loss, lost yeah, this weekend. You want to know who mm-hmm. they lost to? And a last minute walk off touchdown, our other division rival, the Patriots. And so how is it? How is it that these lesser, lesser AFC teams are are, are competing with the Bills, our big brother, and and we can't. And and with the Eagles, they can beat the Eagles and we can't. Uh, We got to take a real hard look in the mirror, you know, this Dolphins team and figure out, you know, what we really are. I agree, and I think that it has to start with the turnovers, right? Like we can't give up stupid turnovers. That two interception. Really killed us, killed a lot of momentum that we had. It was that other red zone possession that we had where we we didn't even gain a positive yard. Seven plays, negative one yard, and we kicked a field goal. While we had the ball inside their, their 25 or, or something like that, and we couldn't score. Like, those are the things that I expect this team to be able to execute regardless of the opponent. I don't need you to win the the game every single time, but be able to. you got to be able to execute, especially yeah. when it comes to those – those times where you gotta make the opponent pay. Philadelphia had that bad thing. We got the we got the ball picked up on the fumble. Great job by Chubb. Great job by Wilkins getting on the ball. But guess what? It turned into nothing. And those are the the things that when we play Buffalo to get in the playoffs, play a Baltimore team, play a Chiefs team. You know what I mean? Like we gotta get those balls. We gotta win those battles. Moving forward, I don't know how that's 
how that's going to con- can get better against better opponents. I can see us bouncing back against the Patriots who we face on Sunday at 1 p.m. at home to sweep the series. I can see us bouncing back, of course, right? But the following week against the Chiefs out in Germany is going to be tough. It's going to be tough because you, you, this is going to be another primetime game, right? Because it's out in Germany. Another primetime game, all eyes on you against a, a Super Bowl contending team. Are you going to be able to step up and play mistake-free football? Don't Fun win fact the game. For you. you know what I mean? But play mistake-free football. Fun fact for you. Dolphins have the hardest remaining schedule in the NFL. They always say that shit until another team loses three games in a row or somebody gets hurt. As, it, just as like, it stands right now, as things stand right now. And that I doesn't understand. And, and seeing that our two losses are two of, you know, the, the top tier. So, you know, what we're seeing so far is that the Dolphins could beat the, you know, the, the bottom two thirds of the league, but the top right. third of the league, the best 10, 12 teams. We don't know. That's we don't have that confidence. We don't have, we don't have that under our belt to be like, yeah, we have that win. Yeah. And it's a problem. It's a problem because especially with, with, you know, with what we know is at stake with this Dolphin season, right? Like we've made a ton of moves. We're, we're getting close to being really, really up against the salary cap, having to make some tough financial decisions, right? Like there's a lot going on in the background of this, of this franchise that's trying to get into the postseason to make some noise. How do you do that? You got to win some of these big, big games. You know, you're not going to win every big game, but you got to win some of these, or at least play better in them, right? Like, we played, like, complete dog shit against the Bills. We played a much better game against Philadelphia, but such a sloppy game. We didn't even give ourselves a chance. And now first, we, three, first three quarters we did. We competed, I think, right, first three. For sure. I agree. I agree. But, but like, like, you know, you know what I mean? Like, we got to do a better job of, 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 yeah. of, of, against better opponents. Prove Flat it. out. You that know, was the time. We were a good team. Time to prove it, and, and we didn't prove it. No, no. And um, kind of like I alluded to earlier, you know, now we got the Patriots at home, 1 o'clock game. We're going to be able to sweep the, se- the season series against the Pats, um, even though they're coming off a big win, like you said, against Buffalo. Uh, I don't know, man. It's an important AFC East game. It's an important, important game. And, yeah, we can look at the Patriots record, throw that shit out the window. You can look yep. at their quarterback, throw that out the window. The yep. r- division rival with a lot in the division at stake. It we could be a, a trap game. game. Nah, it's beware. not a trap game. I think no, it's a beware. It could game. be. I just, I just think that it, I don't even like using that word trap game because this is a, a real serious game for the Patriots, regardless of the record. It's a division opponent. We need this game. You know what I mean? Like, it's, there's no doubt about it. In order for us to keep our AFC East, you know, dominance where we're at right now, leading, still being able to lead the AFC East, right? Like, we need to go out there and win this game. Like, there's no doubt about that. Like, we can't take the Patriots lightly at all, especially after getting such a big win in uh, against Buffalo. Now, granted, it was at home. Patriots suck on the road. They're one and two. We're, we're undefeated at home. But we're going to have to play much better football in order to keep it rolling. We're going to have to play much better football to keep it rolling, man. No doubt. Uh, but you know what we're going to do after that game, right? We're going to record only fans. We're going to talk about how the Dolphins kicked the shit out of the Patriots and then – what we're looking forward to against the Chiefs. <laughs> we'll be on another level again. Yeah, right? Like, this, just like the regular, any regular season for the Dolphins goes, man, for real. All right, now we got to move on to the next topic. A very exciting game, a very important win for the Miami Hurricanes. They got an overtime thriller win against Clemson Tigers. And, uh, bro, that, that shit couldn't have come at a better moment, man, re- realistically, because... 
you know, they had th those two bad losses back to back. You lose to Georgia Tech, you lose to North Carolina, and then mm. now you've got a tough Clemson team at home, four and two, uh, pretty much fighting for ACC sur like survival. And they were able to hang in it. And more importantly, they were able to hang in it without Tyler Van Dyke, man. They got, you know, Emery Williams to step up and, and go out there and lead the Canes to a 28 to 20 victory in overtime. Um, yo, yo, what? The kid looked good. I'm going to tell he you looked, that right now. True freshman. He looked nervous at times, right? And they obviously protected at the end, him. Thank fourth God. quarter. Fourth he quarter, he looked phenomenal. Quarter. Yeah, he looked very comfortable already in, by that point. And even in the, in the overtime, right? Like, he executed the game plan perfectly. Know where the coverage was, make sure, making sure that he lines up the, the coverage or, or the blocking scheme, you know, getting in contact with the sideline to get the right play. Like, all of those things he did very well. Um, and, and, of course, he's going to be a little bit nervous, right? You're making your first collegiate start against an, a, a tough opponent at night. On the road. All, you know, like with time on the home. road, it was at home. It was at home, but like still, oh yeah, it was at home. Game. It was a nighttime, like an ACC big time matchup, and they got the victory. You know what I mean? Um, he did his best to stay composed, and, and for a redshirt freshman, like you said, that's all you can ask. You're like, don't 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 come in here and try to be the hero. Just come in here, do your job, and do whatever you can to help us win the game. And the kid did that. He had a very nice touchdown pass to George, and he also made an even better throw to Colby Young, who's continuing to put up good numbers and, and come up with big catches this year. Um, Andy, our dog Andy, wow. He, he really uh, stepped that kid up. Is automatic. That dude is just so fucking composed. I don't know how automatic. he does it, dog. Automatic. They try to ice him and shit, it don't matter. It doesn't matter, dog. And, and Not funny, but like, it's crazy how we, when we spoke to him, he was like, bro, I, don't, I want to go perfect this season. And, and he has all these plans laid out for him. And he's on his way. 12 of 13 so far on extra on field goals, including a 50-yarder. He's only missed one extra point, which was, I think, a weird block because the, the lineman fell down when the, when the snap was taking place. But other than that, Andy has been automatic for yep. us. And the Kings needed him, bro, because sometimes you need clutch field goals and sometimes oh, yeah. you need clutch kicks. And, and he came, he's coming through for this Hurricanes team, man. And, and, and obviously, since he's a friend of the show, we're super excited about that. Oh, yeah, man. No, it's good to see him do his thing out there. Yeah, man, and what a comeback win, too. Being down 10 points in the fourth quarter, having Emory Williams lead the team down on two drives to tie the game up, like, it was it was huge, man. And then once we got into overtime, like I said, he he did a great job of continuing to do the basics, making sure to call, call the coverages out, making sure to line guys up, making sure to be aware of the play clock, you know, which are some minimal things that you think about, like, it should be regular for any quarterback, but when you're making your first star and the game's tight, tied, and uh, there are a lot of things going on, you're getting a lot of pressure from the defense. It's hard to stay focused for such a young kid, right? And and the kid was able to do that. So I'm very proud of how Emory Williams really showed up for the Hurricanes, you know, and and put himself in a real good position for the rest of the season to continue to learn from Tyler Van Dyke and also earn the trust of the coaching staff and his his future teammates. Man, I think yeah. he did a great job. Yeah, on the offensive side, you got you got to credit him and Kobe Young too. I mean, yeah. out of the game, they had a nice connection there, especially down the stretch when they needed it. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, bro, we defense defense killed it for for the Hurricanes this game. Wow. Um, even though Cam Kitchens did have a, a chance to seal the game, he he almost he had did. a pick. I don't know what happened there. Like I, I just he, he could he should have had two hands on his hands it. too fast. He only had one. He only had one hand on it, and that was a problem. But 
Bro, one guy that you got to shout out that is looking like he he's NFL ready already just off this game, bro. Ruben Bain yeah. Jr. Yeah, dog. That kid was a beast, dog. Coming Son. off the edge. Son. Another true freshman coming off the edge with like two Impressive. And Impressive, Impressive, bro. Looking that, like a the size on that man. kid and the speed, bro, is unreal. Looking like a grown ass man. Now you would have never thought that kid was a freshman. The way that uh-huh. he was, like, like really putting pressure on every single push. I mean, he, maybe he really didn't good. get the sack, but he was pushing his guy back every single time. No, I mean, even excited, all the way, man. even all the way through overtime, bro. His motor yes. was on a thousand. He does not let up. That kid has a oh. motor like crazy. Yeah, bro. And, and of course, the the game of the play, the play of the game made by Corey Flag uh, Jr. on the on the fourth down, right to stop Clemson. And, you know, yeah, that was actually a broken play because Clemson QB, um, Klubnik, he went to hand it off and he couldn't really get the handoff to the running back. So he kind of spun around the, the other direction, hoping that everybody would follow the play or the running back. And there's Flag Jr., bro. Uh, Corey was there, chased him down and, and really stayed poised, right? Because they could have gotten the first down. They didn't necessarily need the touchdown, but they couldn't have gotten the first down. And he really stayed poised, stayed in his, in, in his, in his stance and made a great tackle, open field tackle. I think that was his fifth of the game, uh, his second tackle for a loss in the game. Like, this dude really played well, and the, the Dolphins defense, uh, Dolphins defense, the Hurricanes, Hurricanes defense is really starting to gel. And I didn't think good. that I was going to, babe, I didn't think that I was going to be able to say that this year because they have so many young parts and moving pieces. But slowly but surely, this defense is putting it up, putting it together, and, and they're starting to make an, an impact on, or their imprint felt on this team, which is what we need, man. Because even though Tyler Van Dyke is coming back against the, uh, Virginia Cavaliers next week, who are two and five. We're gonna need the defense to step up because Virginia is—they're gonna be coming down here with a lot of momentum. They just got a huge upset victory over North Carolina in North Carolina, thirty-one wild, which makes it a little Super bit wild. worse for a Hurricanes fan to be like, "Bro, we couldn't compete without those guys, bro." We and gave Virginia the did Virginia Virginia upset them. Think Virginia. about it, bro. We gave away the game against Georgia Tech, and we really shit the bed against North Carolina. We probably would have had those two victories had things turned down for the Hurricanes. And now we're looking at an undefeated season as opposed to having, you know, five wins and two losses. Like, you know, one of them is on, one of them's on crystal ball, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. One of them is on solely on crystal ball. Absolutely. Right. The other one, though. Yeah, the defense that we didn't show up. So let's say we're six and one. We're still in it in the ACC race. You know what I mean? And like we're, 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 we're we still be ranked. We're still be moving up the rankings and just looking like a positive thing. But I am glad that we were able to bounce back and get this victory in the form that we did, right? Yeah, absolutely. We hung in the game. We, we battled. We made it all the way through the end, tied the game up, stayed composed in overtime, did our thing, and walked away with a great home victory, a great home victory, man. Um, now they got to continue playing in the ACC. You know, the ACC schedule doesn't get any easier. Yeah, Virginia is 2-5, and five, like I mentioned, but guess what? They can be anybody. And they can beat people on the road after beating another Carolina team that we struggled against. So I'm sure they're going to be feeling confident coming into our house. But the Canes have to really protect the 305 and 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 really, you know, stand on their defense. Maybe the offense won't be as explosive, right? Because TVD is still coming back from that injury. Maybe he doesn't have that 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 leg strength, right, to really dig into the ground and plant and throw. But the running game should be automatic. You know, Paris Jr., um, we saw A.J. Allen get a couple of carries and make the most of it. He had the the touchdown to give the Hurricanes the lead in the second overtime. So there's there's enough talent on offense, especially in the running game, to make it a little bit easier. But we're going to have to dominate Virginia. And we're going to have to do that by 
keeping Virginia away from the ball. Don't give this team opportunities to beat you. That means no penalties, no stupid turnovers, play clean football, and the Hurricanes should walk away with a comfortable victory. Hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> hopefully, man. Hopefully, man. Uh, let's see, bro. You know, uh, they got to be ready. They got to be ready. You got to be ready for a potential upset. Uh, Virginia's coming in with a lot of heat, and we got to be ready. Uh, let's jump on over to the Panthers. They hung their Eastern Conference banner, championship banner, and uh, game after that, they went ahead and lost 5-3 to three to, the, to the Canucks. You know, and um, yeah. that game sucked too, Doc, because they were, they were tied in the third period, and then they gave up two late goals. Uh, to lose five to three, and um, it, it's a tough loss, right? Because especially after being up or being a, or getting the lead in the second quarter, in the second period. But you also have to remember that the that the Panthers are playing with two, you know, major defensive players being out. That's uh, Montour, who's out right now, and we also have Brandon Montour and Aaron Eckblad. Both of those guys are missing. No dates of return right mm. now, um, and, and and the Panthers are going to have to learn how to win games without those guys. And maybe that just means that we become a little bit more offensive-minded. But we've seen that this Panthers team can really turn up the heat when it comes to scoring goals, right? Because we had, I think, what, three guys last year with over 18 goals. We had one guy with over 35 goals. So there's there's no drop-off as far as potential when it comes to offense. They're just going to have to continue to do it game in, game out. They won't be able to win games 3-1, you know, 3-0 like they were doing last year. They're going to have to be in a couple of shootouts for the first couple of months. That means that we need Matthew Kachuk to step it up. Yes, sir. Or, really or do, need, even more so than what he already stepped up last year, you know? Yeah. Just keep, yeah. keep fucking doing it. But uh, we also got some new faces and stuff too, right? I think we got some some guys that are, were missing from last year's team and stuff. I, I haven't really even looked at the roster, but. They, they added some pieces, but that was more towards the secondary line, right? Guys that could come in. Give our starters a break. Give Reinhardt a break. Give Kachuk a break. While not having such a significant drop-off in the talent or the scoring ability, right? Because that's what the Panthers are really geared towards this year. They're not going to be so much a defensive team as opposed to a, an offensive juggernaut. So they're, they're looking to – they look to add players who can add to scoring, and I think that's what we have. Uh, but one guy who's keeping up the tally from last year is Sam Reinhardt. Uh, we saw him have an excellent 2023 campaign last year for the Panthers, and he picked up exactly where he left off. He's leading the team right now in points with eight and also goals with six goals, two assists. Um, and uh, two of those goals were power play goals, right? Something that we know that the Panthers can't struggle with. He's been able to continue his, you know, uh, uh, efficiency when it comes to scoring goals and, and being in the right place at the right time. And I think that Sam Reinhardt as a center is really flexible because he can play on the wings too. So even if you have to change up the lineup or go into a shorthanded situation, you can still kind of go offensive minded by having Sam Reinhardt in there because he's a big guy has no, has been known to defend well every now and then, but he just provides so much on offense that I can't see this guy not having enough ice time to make an impact. And um, we're going to need guys like him to step up early and often in this Panther season. And so far he's doing this thing. We got uh, Ryan Hart, we, we got Kachuk. A yep. name, uh, a name I, I haven't heard. Verhage. What's up with Carter Verhage? Verhage is doing well, man. Um, the bigger story, honestly, when it comes to the Panthers, is Big Bob. You know, they're they're really mm. sh struggling to get him some type of consistency, right? Uh, we saw that last year. He was back and forth a lot from his injuries, and then he would play three, four games, look great, miss the next three games, and it was like, man, you know, when when is Big Bob gonna put up? You know. 60 games, 70 games started without giving up a lot of goals. 
I'm still waiting to see if he's going to be able to claim that number one spot or is Spencer Knight going to make some type of a miraculous comeback to really lead the, the defensive effort here? Because one thing about this team is we know that they're not going to be as good as they were in previous years as far as defense. So Big Bob is really going to have to step up and, and get a lot of wins. So far, he has three losses this year. He's given up, what, 15 goals, 17 goals. Like, it's not good. Not good. And, and I think that he's hurt, but we don't have a lot of options. So imagine that, you know, being stuck with Big Bob, you know, by no fault of his own, but just being stuck with him in between the pipes, that may not work out in the long run for the Panthers. I think uh, we need to let him rest up. He's our He's our money guy. He's the guy that we have a lot invested in. And yes, we're at the beginning of the season. So if we got to get Spencer Knight in there to alleviate him, get him some help, do it now. Let Big Bob get healthy because he's our biggest asset come playoffs. Absolutely. Especially early in the season, right? We're not even like 10 games into the season. Let's see what we have, right? Does Spencer Knight have his confidence back? Can he play 10, 15, 20 games in a row while being productive? Do we have to go find another goalie? Like, I, I want to see us shore that spot up because Big Bob's not going to be around forever, right? We probably got one more year of him besides this year, Max. You know what I'm saying? Of him being yeah. at, a, at the top of his game. And let's be honest, this is a Stanley Cup Finals type team that we're putting together. So there has to be a contingency plan for Big Bob in case he's not going to be able to fulfill his duties throughout the season. Uh, but the Panthers, man, they got some a stroke of good luck. Like I said, they have a couple of days in between games now, uh, which is really going to help them stay healthy. Um, now it doesn't help that the two teams coming in to finish off the homestand are terrible. Combined, what, uh, one, eight, and two. We're facing off against Sandy, uh, San Jose on Thursday, on Tuesday, excuse me, but by the time you guys are hearing this, uh, they haven't won a game this year. And then right after that on Saturday, we're, we're playing again against a Seattle cracking team who's won four and one. Um, not necessarily teams that are on fire. So good games for the Panthers to get some momentum, right? Get a little bit of goals, maybe a couple of shutouts back to back before hitting the road again. Um, because they, they're going to have to really be dominant at home like they were two seasons ago, right? Where they're not really giving up goals at home. They're not really not giving... Uh, a lot of games away at home. We we gave up that game against the Canucks after being ahead, but they gotta they gotta learn how to close out games. And I think these two next matchups are gonna kind of help the Panthers get back into that vibe, man. Oh yeah, Let's man, see. we need it. We need it. We need it. Vamos gatos. Vamos gatos, man. Make sure you guys get out there to a Panthers game. Joel and I went last year. She was a ton of fun. Uh, we're definitely gonna go back out there again because it was a great time. So we'll be back. We'll be back. If you're getting back in, if you're getting into hockey, I'm telling you, this is the team to go watch. It's affordable and it's fun. So you're not gonna want to miss it. Let's uh let's talk about a, a a big big season that's coming up in the NBA mm. here, and we're talking about our Eastern Conference champion, Miami Heat. Uh, they're tipping off the season this Wednesday after a good preseason run against the Detroit Pistons. And I think the biggest question for, for me th this year, Joel, I don't know about you, is going to be our health. And not necessarily our health with the team. It's just going to be with the three major guys, right? Uh, Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, and Tyler Hero. Are those guys going to be able to play at minimum 75 games this year? Because we saw that when those guys are all three on the court and available, this team can be really good regardless of the pieces around it, right? Because we had stretches where guys weren't producing. Lowry wasn't producing. Duncan wasn't producing. Uh, Kevin Love wasn't producing. You know, like you name him, he wasn't producing. The only guy who was really producing for us consistently off the bench and starting was Caleb Martin. 
right? So we know what we can expect from Caleb again this year. Now I'm, I'm, I'm kind of wondering if the rest of the support staff is going to be able to do their thing. But I think the main question is these guys' health. What do you think? I think there's a lot of questions mm. with this Heat team right now. I think there's a lot. At least for me, dog. At least for me. I mean, I don't. I really don't know what to expect, man. I mean, mm. I know, you know, what we were able to do with the with the unit that we had last year. Right. Um, you know, I, I we've lost a couple of role players, and uh, I know we've gained a couple of guys that we may not know their names just yet. You know, I think our season may be dependent on whether or not those guys can make a name for themselves, at least as a role player, because that's what the Heat need. That's what the Heat have always had is you know, significant right. role players, if that even makes sense. I know it's kind of like an oxymoron, but that, that that's what we need, you know. So our, you know, is the rookie, you know, Harquez, is he going to make a name for himself this year? Is yeah. uh, Thomas Bryant, you know, is he going to do some big stuff this year for us? Uh, you know, those guys, are they, you know, they're going to, are they going to have an impact and help guys like Jimmy and Bam and Hero, especially when they're out? Because inevitably, you know, Jimmy's not going to play 75 games. If you're telling me that's wow. the over-under for Jimmy this year, I'm going to go under. No, Joel, it has to be over, dog. This I would like it to be game. over. I would like it to be over. Don't get me wrong. But if we're talking realistically, it's a 37-year-old Jimmy, Jimmy Butler. I get it. This but guy cannot, be- this guy cannot, this, he has, like, you, I hate that whole player manager shit, but you got to manage this guy's minutes. I think that, you know, the, I, I, I get it. You do have to manage his minutes. But him missing 18 games last year was too much because we were very dependent was it, on though? him. I think so. I think well, so. Well, he was there when we needed him. He played in the playoffs. That's the only time yes, it really matters. Well, but did he did he or did he not run out of steam as the playoffs continued? So you're saying his conditioning was a product of his lack of play in the regular season. You gotta be active, dog. You gotta be active. There's a reason why LeBron at 30,000 years old has been able to continue to do it because he's going to play, especially as the season ramps up. That dude's not missing games after the All-Star LeBron game, LeBron is missing games, dog. I get it, but he's LeBron. Jimmy, for this team, cannot afford to miss games. We don't have another superstar. We don't have another superstar to be like, hey, I'm going to take these next two days off. But, but, that's, up here. but therein lies the problem because we, we as a fan base have come to expect that either A, Bam Adebayo, or B, Tyler Hero is going to grab the reins whenever that happens and, and go off. In the regular season, we have seen that 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 Hero can do it. Don't get me wrong. You know, we've seen he can do six men of the year. He can score. He can shoot. He can facilitate, whatever. But come time for the playoffs, that's where we needed him to step up. And guess what? He's absent, whether it's well, lack of play or injury. He's absent well, in the playoffs. That's two major injuries that he dealt with last year. One in the regular season, where, which caused him to miss 25 games. And then again, once he got into the playoffs, broke his hand. Can't do nothing Biggest question it. mark on the Heat my, by far, I think. I think so. I, I'm, I think the, all three of them, honestly, is the biggest question. Because as, as those three guys go, the rest of the unsung heroes go. And that list of unsung heroes is long. So there's going to be nights where we get really good performances from two out of the eight guys. We're talking about Caleb Martin. Uh, Duncan Robinson, Kyle Lowry, Djokovic, right? Djokovic, he's going to play a big part this year. You mentioned uh, Hawkins Jr., Kevin Love, Josh Richardson, even though he's hurt right now, like Jamal Kane, Thomas Bryant. What type of impacts are these guys going to have game in, game out, and what is it that they're going to bring? That's why I think, like, those guys' job is going to be to defend and provide whatever you can in that game and support the big three. Because we need Bam, Hero, and, and, and Jimmy to play as many games as possible. And I'll tell you another thing, Joel. Like, 
I really think that we need to get those guys a lot of minutes together just so that Spo has a better idea of what works for what teams in the postseason. Milwaukee upgraded this year. Boston upgraded this year. Those are teams that we're going to potentially be like, yo, that's the, that's the, that's the team that we got to beat to make it to the finals again. That's the team that we got to, you know, to beat to get to another finals appearance. And it, how are we going to do that? By having Jimmy, Bam, and Tyler really playing well, really having that consistency, really being able to have that vibe in check for 75 games. You know what I mean? And not be like, oh, you Jimmy missed 18. Now we have Bam and, and Tyler for, you know, 15 games. Oh, now Jimmy's back, but Bam's out for 10 games. Oh, shit, Bam's back. Now Tyler's out for 15 games. We can't have that. We need those guys to be together as, as much as possible this season. Granted, we still got to take care of Jimmy and, and give him his minutes to rest, but those guys really need to see the floor together because I think the goal really is to be a top three, top four team in the East this year. That's the only way that I can really see ourselves giving us a, a shot, not, not beyond the first round, right? And even into the second round to have a more favorable matchup. I think that's the, that's the game plan right there. It's, it's hard to say that this Heat team, you know, be pretty much the same team from last year. Yeah, you know, for can't make it to the playoffs or, or repeat, right? Yeah. But with what you just mentioned, you know, the upgrades in the Eastern Conference to the Milwaukee Bucks and to the Boston Celtics, um, do you foresee the Heat potentially making a move this season? It's interesting you bring that up, Doc, because I heard a quote from Pat yesterday and today they, they reiterated that, you know, they asked Pat about making moves on the trade deadline, how happy he is with the team, bringing back a lot of the same players. And he alluded earlier that if there are moves to be had, he's going to explore them. And that makes a lot of sense, you know, because now he, he is recognizing, right, that the clock is ticking quickly on the Jimmy Butler experiment. You know, not saying that Jimmy's older, past his primary, can't do it, whatever, but we saw Jimmy get tired last year. How, how often is Jimmy going to be able to go a thousand percent like we know Jimmy can every single game? So, like, you're going to you're going to have to be one of those teams calling guys every now and then to say, hey, is so-and-so still available? You know, you thinking about moving this superstar? Are you going to extend this guy? Because we go we're going to need some help. Now, what does it cost us? Who knows? Who knows? I would have thought that we would have went after Drew Holiday. It didn't happen. Now he's on the Boston Celtics. Again, I think I that we Pat recognizes that we – I thought so too. I, I think that Pat recognizes that he does have to make a move to improve this team. We're already on year three pretty much of having the same team, right? A lot of familiar faces, some pieces, pieces exchanges here and there, but a lot of familiar faces. I don't know if all those guys are going to survive this season, right? Because – I think that if a superstar is to be had, a really good player is really able to be had, Pat's going to make the move. Pat's going to make the move, especially after, you know, striking out on a couple of free agents, a couple of big trades. I think he has to pull one trade throughout the season that can really impact this team in a positive way. Well, what needs to happen, I think, is we need to see, like, a team that invested a lot in, you know, some core pieces, just yep. straight-up struggle, like, hard body to start the season. And then, like you know, they're like, "All right, this isn't going to work. Let's just let's just call yeah. it and see what we can get." And then maybe we can get something in the fire sale. Who that team yeah. might be? Who knows? Cough, cough. Maybe Phoenix Suns. Cough, cough. I don't know. Kevin Durant, come back. Let's talk. Let's have a date. You know. Let's see, man. 
There's, but, there's, there's uh, plenty of moves out there, dog. When you think about it and you analyze the squad, like you said, not every team is going to be in their top four like they projecting themselves to be, whether it's in the East or in the West. Um, and, and Pat's going to have to do a, a really good job this year of recognizing those teams and trying to get their best player to help the Heat because we're going to need it. We're going to need the, a lot of help to, to overcome the hump, which is essentially win the championship. We've made finals. We've, we've been... Teams that are number one, number two seeds, all that shit. We just need to get over that last hump and finally get an NBA championship for Jimmy Butler, dog. Yeah. Uh, like I said earlier, season starts Wednesday against Detroit. Should be a, a good home victory, you know, get the crowd in there. It's going to be packed. Um, home openers always are for some reason. I don't know why. People love to go to the events that the Heat has. Yeah, it's opening day, um, maybe. Yeah, man. And then a uh, three-game road trip at Boston, at Minnesota, at Milwaukee. So Woo! we're gonna know what we have really quick, really oh, quick, and dude, uh, that escalated that quickly. Might, you know what? That might actually help out a lot in the long run because we might be able to recognize some holes that we need to plug in, right? And say, "Fuck it, this is the the type of trade target that we're looking for right here. We're gonna need a, a defensive, you know, three, a, a a bigger big man, whatever, you know, another point guard, whatever the case may be. We're, we're gonna be able to figure it out after those three road games for sure. So oh, yeah. um, let's go Heat. Pizza mañana go, is baby. back, baby. Pizza mañana is back. Mañana, pizza mañana, pizza mañana. Hey, hey, let's go, baby. We're gonna have to drop a fucking track to that this year. You know dog. what I'm saying? The mixtape's <laughs> coming out soon. Mixtape coming out soon, dog. Uh, before we wrap up, man, we got to make an honorable mention to UFC 294 out in Abu Dhabi this Saturday. Started at 2 p.m., so a lot of people missed it. But if you did tune into it. You saw a fucking great main card and a, and a great undercard as well, man. Um, Chimef, this dude really impressed. I don't think he, he impressed enough to get a title shot against Sean Strickland, who just beat Izzy uh, for the light uh, for the middleweight title. But he did enough to beat Usman, and I, and you got to give a lot of credit to Kamara Usman, dog. This dude stepped in what a week's notice, dropped a, like at least 15, 20 pounds of weight to make the weight cut, to, and then. Make the scale fly out to Abu Saudi Arabia. Not an easy flight for anybody. And he showed up and he looked good. I think had it been a five round fight, Usman probably would have been able to get the edge because he was starting to defend a, a lot of Chima's um, takedowns and really get able to show his better wrestling skills. Um, just didn't have enough rounds. You know what I mean? But it was a good fight and the, the winner deserved it. You know, Chima won it. And now he's talking a lot of shit to Sean Strickland. I don't think he deserved it. Sean Strickling doesn't think he deserved it. But if you know Dana, that guy's always looking to sell a pay-per-view, and that's a great fucking fight to put together. Yeah, yeah. I saw Dana was involved this past weekend, too, in the Johnny Walker fight. Oh, yes. That was wild, dog. The guy got, like, knocked out, and then, like, he... They asked him, like, do you know where you are? And he's like, I'm in the desert. I'm in the (laughs) desert, which is technically correct. He wasn't wrong. (laughs) He wasn't wrong, but you got to be a little bit more specific. (laughs) Where in the desert, my friend? fighting. Yeah, that shit was wild, dog. And then, like, security, and then he was keep, kept telling his opponent, like, come on, fuck this. Yeah, go yeah. around security. Yeah, go around. Fight. Forget these guys, dude. Fuck these guys. Yeah, it was it kind was of a shit, shit show. Dana had to get in there and tell him, like, hey, calm your That's shit. Want <laughs> yeah. to get paid or not? Dog? Knock it off. <laughs> Knock it but, off. But um, what was I going to say? Wait, Usman, wait, wasn't, was card. Usman wasn't the only uh, fighter that stepped up short short notice like that. Yeah, he was, man. Uh, Alexander Volkanovsky also stepped up uh, to face Makachev. Um, in short notice, he actually had the worst of the weight cut because he had to drop 25 pounds in order to make the, so, the cut. 
so risky, bro. Like to do that. Oh, short, no, I get. I mean, that. I get it. You're a dog. You're trying to. You know, if it wins, it goes in your favor. It's like you know how great, but so risky, especially against the opponents these guys were facing this week. These guys are thought from Dagestan. I mean, anybody from that area of the world, bro. You know they're dogs. Literally yeah, yeah. the name not, Dagestan. Not, not only that, Joel, but like you know, losing Waco, and we've talked to Jesse about it. I've talked to numerous numerous guys in the bare knuckle fighting game and in the MMA game, like. Those guys lose a little bit of something in that weight cut. You know what I'm saying? That's why now more than ever, guys are looking. Yeah, something, stamina, ability to take hit, an ability to put power into your punches. Like, you're losing something when you do that much weight cut. And we're seeing now a lot more guys are fighting closer to their natural weight just to avoid that. And I think that's what happened in Volkanovski's case, man. Like, he lost 25 pounds to make the fight absolutely commendable to make the pay-per-view stick right and and really try to become a two-time belt which is a champion which is what he wanted to do the first time he fought makachev and he got really close to doing it but i just felt like something so quick so fast really drained him and when makachev kicked him in the head it wasn't even a super hard kick it was just a perfectly placed kick right above his hand as volk was kind of dodging it and he landed it on top of the head and boom volk's lights went out and he he lost the five year knockout um, but you gotta have you gotta give credit to Makachev also, you know what I mean? A stand-up guy didn't really celebrate the win, recognizing how hard it was for Volkanovsky to make the cut, save the fight, save the pay-per-view, and give Makachev a tough test. Um, nothing but respect between those two guys. I love that. I think it killed the trilogy because now with Makachev having two clear victories, I don't think that Volkanovsky is gonna get that chance to get that third fight. But I don't um need to see it. Nah, you don't need to see it, right? Me neither. And I think that... Give know, me somebody else for Makachev. Give me somebody else for Makachev, you know what I'm saying? I would have loved to see him fight Charles Oliveira, which is the original fight, because those guys are, are really good. They're both big dudes, right? They both cut a lot of weight to make that middleweight class. Um, and it would have been just a great fight, man. And I don't know, man. I just think that we, we lost a little bit of something there, but all credit to Makachev for putting a, perform- a performance together and continuing his dominance as champion, for sure. Another great that's UFC an, car, bro. That's another that's great addition of UFC. Dana White, dog. Those guys don't miss. Those motherfuckers don't miss. Don't miss that motherfucker don't miss. <laughs> he don't miss, dog. Yo, it's time, big dog. Yes, sir. You already know what time it is. I see it on the yep. bezel. Let's go, baby. It's time to tell everybody to tell a friend. To tell a friend. To tell another friend. To tell everybody they know. To tell everybody that they know to call their mom and let them know to follow us on Sports with So So YouTube channel because we out there dropping content every single week, y'all. Until next time, it's your boy So. Peace. Peace.